Welcome to Nothing Much To It. Today, we're going to talk about energy transfer, spirits, the nature of the soul, and God. To start off with, I'd like to preface with some thought-provoking imagery. It can be visualized around the Earth. We have an atmosphere extending out beyond the atmosphere as the magnetosphere. This magnetosphere both shields us and absorbs energy from solar radiation. This solar radiation coming in the form of high-energy alpha particles, as well as solar flares, energetic matter from the sun. What this means for us, if the phrase, as above, so below, holds true, this means that if the Earth likely has, well, if the Earth has a magnetosphere, that means humans likely have an aura, or rather, a surrounding electromagnetic field. What this can mean for the overall creation of the universe is something I have yet to delve into, but what this does lead me to believe is that we were given life by the stars and the universe itself. The universe itself being the great oneness, at one point what we called the Pleroma, the soul of God. From this we can ascertain that the sun itself is likely a very powerful soul, hence why we may call the sun the soul system. Hence why the earth is likely its own god, or perhaps why the moon is a minor god, as it simply pulls upon the waters of the, f of the earth. Whether or not one believes we are under a dome, living within the firmament, or whether or not we are living on a oblique, oblique spheroid orbiting around the sun is yet to be discovered, at least by the masses, because I know I haven't been up to space, but... I also know that when I go up in planes, I can see a bit of a curve, but that is just me. Perhaps it's my mind playing tricks on me, or perhaps it's the mindset that many people carry. They feel as though Earth is a prison rather than a home, and I would believe that those people who believe that Earth is a prison would rather see this place destroyed so that we may break free rather than turn it into the place that it deserves to be. I wholeheartedly believe that God is real. Whether it's the Judeo-Christian God, the Islamic God, the Jewish God, the Catholic God, the Hindu God, the Taoist God, whatever religion you may follow, God is real. As many parallels can be drawn between religions on what God has done. Even similarities between the acts and deeds committed by some of his followers can be paralleled very easily and very simply, though at drastically different times. The nature of the soul is a multifaceted, complex explanation that requires a good understanding of biology as well as some esoteric theology understanding that if matter and energy are equally transferable e equals mc squared that means that energy can be transformed into matter and matter into energy what this means for us is we by having will may impart force upon the physical world. This has been explored in ideas in fiction such as telepathy, telekinesis, uh, energy, fire, py pyrokinesis, energy manipulation, energy absorption, and a variety of other phenomena explored in fiction. The real world parallels to this are spiritual possession, manifestation, prayer, belief, faith, and a variety of other phenomena. Many of these secrets are kept sequestered by the church and a large body of powerful people that choose to maintain the secrecy 
else their seat of power may be usurped by people that they currently deem unworthy or that they altogether believe that they are better than. One thing to bear in mind in knowing this is the soul is real. And by being a citizen in certain countries or perhaps in all countries that are owned by large banks, corporations, you have a value, a dollar value assigned to your soul. The average worth of a person is anywhere between $100,000 to $10 million. It truly greatly depends, but this is the average. There are sometimes anomalies where a young, new soul is worth far more than any old soul or any old soul's family member could ever hope to attain. This phenomenon I cannot explore any further until I elaborate further on previous points. The nature of the soul is that of divine energy. This divine energy is taken, harnessed, and captured by both your brain, your central nervous system, and your DNA. You can think of your DNA as an ID code. If E equals MC squared, and energy and matter are transferable between one another, what your DNA can be looked at is the specific coding of information that created your soul, or rather drew your particular soul from the great beyond, the space between. With this in mind, further elaborating, one's spiritual aura is influenced, one, by how much they think, two, by what they consume and fuel their body with, three, the strength of will that they possess, which pertains partly to the first point, and four, to the amount of heavy metals or energy they choose to imbibe within themselves. Powerful people, that being people that hold seats of power currently, are able to bend the will of other people to them. This is done by applying spirits, wandering souls, to these people. This is done very simply by things such as accepting the terms and conditions of any contract, website, or other process you sign up for. You're not necessarily signing away your control, but you are signing away a portion of it. As this is no longer in yours to control. What this means for a great variety of people is relatively irrelevant, but for the lesser man, like you or me, who are beset by these spirits, typically means that we are faltered, we are led astray more times than not. What this can also mean for us is those who are driven by hatred, malice, or a burning desire to get revenge upon a family will be beset by these observer spirits, as it were. And these observers are essentially two demons rather than an angel and a demon sitting upon your shoulder, whispering things in your ear that you ought not hear. The observer can play with your mind, can shape-shift, and it will treat you poorly at all times, simply because this is what the spirit does. It is under contract to do so. It's not simply always demons, but more often than not, the spirits that wander come into contact with demons, 
and serve as employees for them, in the same way that we serve rather demonic forces above us, that being the large corporations, the big banks. Many ailments are that of spiritual nature. Most all, most all ailments are spiritual in nature, and this can be deduced from, plain and simply, what is the most defining character trait this person has? More often than not, this is an aspect of their soul. This aspect of their soul is overwhelming, all-consuming, and when that singular aspect of who and what you are is overshadowed by another, it shakes you from the path that you're meant to walk. It shakes you from the blessings you're meant to have. It shakes you from everything that you were supposed to get simply because someone holds a grudge for no other reason than they made a mistake and they didn't want to accept that they made a mistake. These people that make mistakes but don't accept it can be looked at as people beneath you. Whether they choose to ignore it or they simply do not know are two entirely different matters. If they choose to ignore it, but they know, these people can be looked at as malicious and cunning, cruel, underhanded people, because that is simply what they are. Choosing not to acknowledge that you made a mistake, and instead putting blame upon others, is entirely, and I mean entirely, false. By putting something into the universe that is not true, you generate an absurdly high amount of negative karma or negative energy. This energy is that of the soul. You can think of it as a solar flare from your soul in particular. These lashing whips of energy travel through the Earth's magnetic field. Over this magnetic field, a great variety of things can be observed. One can impart energy upon a part of their wave and look upon another. They can look upon whoever they desire. They may listen in on the thoughts of others if those people's thoughts are open to them. They may observe, calculate, manipulate, and impart will upon other people as our governors, senators, bankers, CEOs, and presidents, and other shareholders will do. By imparting this will upon us, we will act a certain way, and thus we are no longer free. We are no longer free to decide. And this can be put down to simply them having more sway over us because they have more money. Harkening back to an earlier point, I had mentioned that the soul has a dollar amount, rather, the human body and the human itself when it is born, for example, specifically in America, has a value ranging anywhere between 100,000 and 10 million. Factors vary between person on what makes their soul more or less valuable, but typically it's the net worth of the family. The net worth of the family is, in turn, what creates the value of the soul. When you are issued a social security number, your soul then has that dollar value tied to it. You have sold your soul to the government. Knowing this, having put your soul within the government's spell, you are now beholden to all of their other spells because you are a quote-unquote citizen of this place. Knowing all of this and knowing that the people of the world are not truly free when they are put into a system such as this is something truly disgusting. 
for every man is born equal and free until he gets the social security social security system until he gets a social security number until he gets a tax identification number until he decides that well maybe i don't want to be a slave anymore most people will focus all of their energy into a single aspect of themselves a single talent a single trait a single hobby that will consume them in its entirety not all people are like this for most people it's their job their work it is all consuming since it is all consuming and it chooses to take hold of them in such a way they often have little time for anything else in life depending on the level of commitment if one chooses to work and i work thoroughly work wholeheartedly throw everything they have at their work and truly enjoy it then most assuredly most assuredly they will greatly enjoy the work that they do they will most assuredly make a large portion of money but money is the currency of the soul now the more money one has the more soul a person has the more control they have over themselves a credit score can be looked at as a sort of multiplier upon that money if you have very little money at the moment but a very high credit score that money is worth a lot more than it may seem but in the same way that you can burn through a lot of your money you can burn through a lot of your multiplier your credit score as well by racking up credit card debt that you can't pay off by signing up for loans that you can't pay off and trying to elevate yourself out of this almost always requires very firm discipline and if you are beset at any point in your life by what they call observer spirits or auto cursing spirits these spirits seek to tell their masters everything that you do so that their master may curse you or apply a band-aid to themselves which in turn would hurt you this proverbial band-aid is another curse to stunt your progress to halt your progress to altogether make you falter and fall off the trail the path that you are on knowing this one can still thwart the observer spirit by simply remaining dedicated to what they do and not giving energy to what it is that they want you to do knowing all of this as well it can be inferred that magic in its most literal sense it's not magic as we know it it is not a physical process that we are aware of it is a subconscious energetic act that can only be created by one true belief two impartation of energy and three by creating a more powerful spirit than the other person what one can know from all of this as well is that these spirits can still physically interact with us as our bodies generate an electromagnetic field and this electromagnetic field runs through every inch of your body and it permeates every single micron of you from your heart strip from your heart cells to the muscles in your legs to the liver in your left and your right side depending on whether or not you're a average person or if you have mixed up organs but every part of you is influenced by your own aura which in turn is influenced by what you think about your thinking ability a lot of people refer to 
getting gut feelings. These gut feelings being not only your higher brain, but your lower brain, that being your gut biome in your gut and since being working in unison. When your gut, that being the nerve endings within your abdomen and those within your head work together, you form far more cohesive thoughts than the average person. Not only that, you are able to ascertain things in a room, in a situation, or read the energy in an area very quickly and very easily and very intuitively. Knowing that the soul carries energy is a huge part of manifestation, spoken of by great authors such as Napoleon Hill, Robert Kiyosaki, in some cases, uh, social media influencers. The Bible spoke of manifesting miracles, this being the Judeo-Christian Bible. Spoke of manifesting miracles, miraculous healing, by that of prayer. Manifesting is simply imparting will into the universe and getting a response that says, yes, I can do that. Imparting of energy can have a myriad of effects. For example, take someone who was blown up by shrapnel, damaging their legs, ovaries, and a large portion of their lower abdomen. They are still functional, but they experience excruciating pain on a regular basis. Now, for example, a magic spell could be a piece of paper with their name written on it, and then beneath that, you imagine an arrow passing through the paper to the other, next person's name, who perhaps hates your family, hates you in particular for discovering what they are. Well, this arrow passing through the paper tied to the person's name who experiences pain to the person who hates you is thereby giving the person who hates you the person who was injured's pain. And the pain they experience is one-to-one, -one, absolutely excruciating some of the worst pain one could experience, simply because you are imparting their energy of pain onto the next person. Perhaps they deserve it. However, I can't recommend this, as this would generate negative karma for you. And in turn, it leads you to being somewhat complacent, thinking, oh, everything is all right, everything is fine when most assuredly it is not. The nature of the soul is that of God. Whether or not you believe, agnostic or atheist, as many great scientists of the past have said, the further you walk the path of science, the more you believe that God is real and God exists. The more you believe that a great variety of things that happen in the universe are of his command. God in himself is the universe, the cosmos. The most divine will is that of nature, God's nature is creation, death, and rebirth. We are taught from a young age, from media, stories, and a great deal of other things, that death is something to be feared, but it couldn't be further from the truth. The point of all life is death, and it always will be. To seek to, to seek to alleviate death, to seek to avoid death, is to avoid God, is to avoid judgment and is to avoid looking into oneself and seeing the darkest parts of yourself and what you are. Looking to avoid death and attempting to subvert death is what truly kills somebody. 
because one will live in fear of death their whole life, and living in fear is not living, it is simply surviving. Living in fear of per se, living in fear of say, being a, being discovered as a psychopath, living in fear of being discovered as a sociopath, living in fear of being discovered as a toxic narcissist, living in fear of being discovered as a pawn, living in fear of being discovered as a manipulator, living in fear of being discovered as anything that would be given a negative connotation in the roles of the universe. Living in fear is not living, it is simply dying slowly. Living in fear of anything is dying slowly. So, learning to accept one's death, whether it be tomorrow, whether it be a thousand years from now, whether it be a hundred years from now, it's all part of life. And living in fear of it only kills you slowly. Many of the control schemes that are used throughout the world to this day to make us the slaves that we are, are imparting fear upon us. Fear of death, fear of loss, fear of complacency, fear of anything, fear and trauma are simply what are being put upon us. These things put upon us can be looked at as spiritual ailments. In this case, they would be looked at as demons. They would be looked at as regret, the spirits who cannot yet pass over, either to heaven, to hell, or purgatory, the space between. Knowing that spirits still roam the earth, knowing that God watches us from the cosmos, knowing that we are not alone, whether it be extraterrestrials, and the earth is not a flat surface, or whether or not it is, that we are not alone. Humans are not alone in the slightest. Knowing this, there is a great deal of things that become clear to you. One of these things is that you become aware of how you are controlled, but that does not mean that you are able to control yourself in your entirety. Tech, tech billionaires, billionaires of any kind, millionaires, wealthy people, people who seek power, people who are slovenly, are still being controlled by their most base instincts, fear. Fear of not having enough, fear of losing, fear of making a mistake. Do away with fear and you find true power within yourself, the power to accomplish anything that you set your mind to. Understanding that we are capable of great and divine things is what allows you to commune with God himself. Whether or not he will have your presence is simply a question of whether or not you truly respect him and respect his wishes. But you may ask yourself, why does an ant not respect my home? Well, it's plain and simply, the ant simply does not know. The ant does not understand. The ant doesn't think to itself, if I go here, I am very likely to die. The ant simply wishes to feed its colony. The ant wishes to procure food, however it may see fit. The ant will smell the sugar upon your counter, if spilled, and say to itself, Well, I am hungry, and it is there in the open. I can reach it. So should I? Assuredly, the answer will most likely be yes. What this can mean is that, regardless, humans will seek to feed themselves. They will seek to take what they can from God, without understanding that they are taking from God. Do you think... You would have a better response from God if you said to him, God, please may I walk upon your please may I walk into your home 
and say to you, May I have some of your food? Will you feed me? Will you give me drink? Rather than simply pillaging his home, taking what is not yours, with no prior questions. Looking upon the world as it is today, we see a great deal of propaganda. Propaganda that we're all stuck. Propaganda that we are you know, not perfect. Propaganda that it's fine to be this way or that way or some kind of other way that deviates from nature too greatly. We can look to the fat acceptance movement for part of this. Why do I have to accept that someone is fat? Do they accept themselves? Obviously not. They feel some type of way going out as people will look at them and say, they are very unhealthy. They are not as they should be. If this is a commonly held belief amongst the people, is it not true? Looking to the fat acceptance movement further, what can this be looked at? From a Christian standpoint, you can look at it, or the Catholics, as one of the seven deadly sins. Gluttony and sloth. One can be gluttonous without being slovenly. One can be slovenly without being gluttonous. In the same way that the neats of Japan will sit in their rooms, playing video games, enjoying whatever time they have on this earth, rather than seeking out hardship for themselves, taking upon it themselves to do battle with what it is that is out there to get what they truly desire. This can also be looked at in the sense of the severely obese people. They are gluttonous to the extreme. They consume and consume and consume until it is all that they are. They're unable to run. They're unable to walk. They're unable to enjoy their life as they should. In referencing a previous statement, if one is able to transfer the ailments of others to another through miraculous healing, is it not possible that these people are only alive because other people are suffering from their ailments of gluttony? That these people are only alive because they are being healed, quote-unquote, by putting their pain upon another who can handle it within their body. In a sense, this is simply shoving the sin into another person to heal them. In a sense, this is simply making someone else do the work for someone who is too weak or too undisciplined. I would personally look at it as discipline. In African cultures, the people who are obese, fat, or severely overweight, however you would like to put it, are looked at as wealthy because they have the food to eat. They have that which they need, and far more than they need, as they have become overweight. These people that are overweight are looked to as kings, queens, wealthy people, nobles, if you will. <coughs> These nobles are not noble in the slightest, not in the sense of the term that we are familiar with. They are gluttonous, and they are slovenly. If these nobles were truly noble, if these wealthy people, with such a f heavy amount of food within their diet, were truly, truly noble, kingly, and respectable people, instead of bearing the weight in, in their body as adipose, they would be holding their weight in muscle. They would be holding their weight as a warrior. They would be holding their weight as a true king would. They would not eat in excess. They would not be prideful. They would not be envious. They would not be slothly. 
they would not be wrathful, and most definitely they would not be greedy. You can look at my statements as subversions of common tropes throughout culture, but most assuredly, these things can be looked at as true. I don't claim to have factual information to back this up, but I do have a great deal of faith that I am correct, and I urge you to look within yourself and see if you believe the same. Knowing what we know about the nature of the universe, subatomic particles, quantum waves, electricity, energy, computers, and everything else, Nikola Tesla dubbed an invisible energy force that surrounds the universe as the ether. If a computer is akin to a human brain, as the internet would be akin to the ether, hence why computers using a wired connection, a direct connection, referred to it as the ethernet cable. Many of you have likely heard the term soft disclosure. Soft disclosure is simply the idea stating that in media, fiction, or in history, many things have already been told to the public that are secret, that are known by the elites, the people behind the curtains, tell us what to do, what to think, and that there are some amongst them that seek to awaken a select few to either join their ranks or, in other cases, likely to reform the system into something better, if possible. The ones that are contracted to make the system better are typically put through the worst of trials. They are put through hell, if you will. After these people have bested their trials, if they can, they become the next influential, wealthy, powerful person, at which point they are consumed by power, unable to achieve what they originally set out to as it has been lost along the way. It can be seen that a great deal of people in this day and age are incapable of deeper thought beyond what was on TV yesterday. What did I read in the news? What was that show I was just watching? Oh, did you see that movie? Oh man, the weather stinks. It is not only rare, it is near impossible to find someone capable of thoughts deeper than their basest instincts. Speaking of anything beyond where you're getting your money, what you're going to do to enjoy yourself later, or what you do for fun, it's their moot points in the grand scheme of things. These ideas that people have but don't speak of, they oftentimes don't even put thought forward to follow those ideas. You can look at it as working in a factory and the employee that has a great deal of ideas and a great deal of insight into how the factory is run as he is very often within the main points of action within the factory seeing the flow, the efficiency, the problems that people are having, the key points where we are falling short is not listened to simply because he is beneath us in the sense that he is unable to actually make a change, as nobody else is capable of putting thought towards that change. Knowing that, this is why people are kept in this state of complacency as often as they are. Being kept in such a state of complacency allows them to tread upon us with the lightest footsteps, 
we are unable to even see how it is that they walk upon us, like rugs on the floor. In ancient India, they had caste systems. These caste systems ranged from the wealth, from the poor, the slaves, rather, I'm going backwards, apologies. These caste systems in ancient India raged, ranged from slaves, the poor, the business owners, the wealthy, politicians, and the highest of the high, the people who owned the land. Your kings, your queens, your courtiers, your barons. Now, food for thought and questions for later. Who owns the land? Who owns the banks? Who owns the oil you use to power your car? Who owns the coal mines that power your electric cars? Who owns the materials? Who owns the services that they give you? Who owns the porn companies? Who owns everything that we have? Most all of these things can be traced back to several trace people, but I will not say who. I'm not saying that they're ends are malicious, but I am saying that they don't care about us, period. They see us as nothing more than livestock, and I take that as somewhat of an insult. I have no ill will towards these people, despite the fact they treat me as livestock, but they know how to control us, plain and simple. And it's not even in the sense that we're wage slaves who are constantly being controlled to make them more money. It's in the sense that they know how to bargain with things that lie outside of our perception. They know how to bargain with demons, with spirits, with angels, with God and the devil. And they make these bargains on a daily, nightly, yearly basis. One of the biggest tips and pieces of advice I can give to you as just a random seer, a random psychic, a random schizophrenic, whatever you want to call me, imagine, nothing else, just imagine. Imagine whatever it is that you want. Watch how the world gives it to you. Perhaps leave your phone away from you for a deal of time. Speak of specific topics. Return to your phone. Continue your mindless scrolling for a little while. And come back to it to find exactly what you were speaking of. As it happens to me and several other people I know on a regular basis. I imagine it happens to a great deal of people who simply do not notice it. They label us mentally unfit. They label us schizophrenic. They label us unwell. But we're not. Not in the slightest. They seek to subdue us because they know what we are. In the same way that other people groups out there that I disagree with are running rampant, they seek to sequester and control any information regarding what I'm speaking of. And you wonder why that is. It's because the people that I'm speaking of truly are not that dangerous. It just wants to, they just want to make more money off of our suffering. And this suffering can be anything ranging from pity, sadness, to altogether worst sickness and even death. That's not what God would have wanted, not in the slightest. But then again, who am I to speak for God? I'm just a, I'm just a nobody. Looking into the nature of the soul further, why is it that when we are children, we are able to learn and absorb knowledge far more easily? Why is it we're able to, as it were, drink from the waters of knowledge? Why are we able to be influenced so easily as children? As this is the age, if you're a poor person, 
where the system as it's created is made to impart trauma through the media you watch, through the rituals that the people in power who create the media partake in, and through orchestrated events that create widespread panic and chaos amongst households throughout the world. A great variety of people are not very susceptible to this, but an even far greater plurality of people are extremely susceptible to this. The schizophrenics like me are open to the energy that's around us, who know what goes on beyond just our physical perception. We are very easily influenced. And knowing that we are easily influenced takes away their ability to influence us in the way that they want to. Knowing that we can be influenced is the first step to awakening to what truly goes on in the spiritual world. There is a war going on right now. We are being held captive right now by something very dark and very old, very evil and very ancient. And this goes back to the oldest grudge of all time, a father loving his children more than another, a father loving one of his children more than another. Jealousy, hatred, envy and greed, wrath, contemplate on a long time. What is the trauma in your life? Where, what precluded the drama? What precluded all of the trauma that pervades your life? What created you and made you to be this way? Look at it as a story writer. To the one who wrote your story, why did they make you the character that you were? Why did they write you to be that way? Are we, then that raises several other questions within my mind. Are we living within a, a written story? Is everything already written out in stone? The answer to that is most assuredly no. We're not. Knowing that we are being controlled. Knowing that we are pawns in a large, grand game. And a story written for us, not by us. By someone else who looks down from their ivory tower upon us. That is what we ought to avoid. We ought to avoid being written into the story that they are creating for us. We ought to avoid being written into the propaganda that they try to pour into our minds. We ought to avoid becoming the pawns and puppets that they think us to be. Awaken that beast that lies within you, and then subdue it. Make the beast that lies within you your beast. In the same way that we tamed the wolves and made them our friends. Whatever it is that dwells within you that is not just you, that animal side of you, your lizard brain, your primal instincts, tame them. Tame all of your primal instincts, and you will find that you are in control. Nobody else but you is in control, and you will know peace. You will no longer be held captive, though, speaking from experience, it's not exactly the most pleasant experience. Furthermore, it's not the easiest of tasks, nor is it the most intuitive of tasks. Whatever it is that dwells within us is all a result of the first sin. Regardless of what you believe, the creation story that is told in the Bible, that we ate a forbidden fruit, whether you believe the stoned ape theory that it was magic mushrooms, whether you believe it was an evolutionary byproduct and that uh, perhaps our amygdala 
gave us further thinking power, or perhaps the hippocampus, or the frontal cortex, whatever it is you choose to believe. At some time, at some point, we did something outside the realm of nature. We took something within ourselves that was not natural and became the way that we are today. Technology has made a great deal of people's lives better, but many still suffer, either directly or indirectly from technology. And I am not speaking ill of the advancements that we have made, nor am I decrying the use of technology by saying that we shouldn't have any of it, but it should be far more greatly respected and revered, as this truly is works, the works of God. These works from God are incredible. We're able to search for any piece of information that we desire. But if I were to tell you what the first 15 digits of pi were simply by looking it up, would you remember it after I looked it up? Or would you more likely remember more digits if you read it from a book and studied it? We're able to create such a great deal of media, a great deal of music, a great deal of information. And yet, what is it all for? What are we, what are we even doing with it? most certainly not learning it. It seems we're simply cataloging everything. We're barely even using it. The internet in and of itself has created a network throughout humankind, a sort of hive mind, if you will. In the same way that wealthy people will do tech retreats, when you go into the forest and commune with nature properly, you camp, you take as little digital technology with you as you can, and you get as far away from civilization as you can. You return, you return to a very simple state of being. You return to simply enjoying the place that you were put upon. Returning to nature to commune with it properly is the truest and best way to live. That isn't to say we should have no technology whatsoever, not in the slightest, but we should have a far deeper respect for that which we use on a daily basis.